the sex of the devil, he's about five times his power. That's right. How about if that man can be so submitted to the devil that'll give the devil to give him five times his strength, what would a man do submitted to God? How many times power could he have? That's the way the cripples in the chair under God's anointing can rise right up and walk. That's the reason they are completely surrendered to the Holy Ghost and they walk not by their power, but by the Holy Ghost's power. Jesus sent his disciples away and he went up on the mount to watch them as they crossed the sea. I think of that many times and think how the disciples were supposed to go down and make ready a boat. But instead of making the boat ready, they just got in the boat and went on. They thought, oh, well, it'll be all right. We can go ahead. They trusted in the boat. And I wonder if we haven't went off many times without Jesus in the boat. We said, well, we belong to the church. Isn't that all right? That isn't sufficient. No, it isn't. We've got to have Jesus with us. No matter what our program is, we've got to have Him. He's the main center of attraction. He's the main center of thought, the main center of life. No life can come any other way but through Jesus Christ. No help can come any other way but through Jesus Christ. But I want you to watch. As I see that little boat going out into the sea and Jesus come by, seeing that it went off without him, he was mindful of them all. He climbed up on top of the mountain and watched them as they toiled away. Oh my, if it be you or I and one of our friends to do us that way, we'd be through with that friend. But not Jesus. No matter what you've done, he's willing to forget it. He'll just confess it. And I think of many times we went off, and I think of the great one who not only climbed the mountain, but he went up Golgotha, the ramparts of glory, and he sits in his majesty tonight, watching us in these little frail barks of ours as we tossed about by the winds of time, as we're tossed about on the sea. Just across the sea was a little man that I always kind of admired, and I kind of felt a little towards him. I want, want to get over to glory. I want to ask him, why didn't he come right out and confess his faith in the first place? His name is Jeriah. He was a priest or a, a pastor, we'll call it, of a great church over there. And Jeriah, as many people today, he believed in the Lord Jesus, but his, his denomination was against his working of his power. How many Jeriahs have we got in Los Angeles tonight? The same thing. He believed Jesus. I call him a borderline believer. We have a lot of borderline believers everywhere tonight. They want to believe, but they just simply can't do it because of social prestige and so forth. They just can't let loose and surrender and say, I believe that Jesus Christ still gives the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the power that shook the world in the days of the disciples is still the same today. I believe it is. I know it is. I know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when His church will loosen up and let God have the right of way in their hearts, you'll see the same manifestations and demonstrations of the power, and we'll see a rocking revival, not only rock Los Angeles, but it'll rock the world before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. I see little Jeriah says he's, he's over there. I hear the priests all get together and they say, Now, looky here. We'll have nothing to do with these revivals that's going around. We just can't have nothing to do with that. Now, remember, that's our... And any person have anything to do, we'll kick them right out. Well, now, Jeriah had a nice little church, perhaps, so he just couldn't associate himself with such a group. But in his heart, he really believed the Lord Jesus. So one day, 
His little girl got sick. You know, God's got a way of making you bleed sometimes if you don't want to. Yes, sir. He can. He, he does. He works in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. So this little girl, she got sick. So perhaps the first thing he did is it would be any other time he called the doctor, and the doctor said, "Well, perhaps I can pull through her, pull her through. Pardon me, pull her through in a day or two. So he began to give her all of her remedies, but she got worse and worse all the time. After a while, the great midnight hour comes. The doctor calls Dryas outside the door and says, Dryas, reverend sir, I'm sorry to inform you, but your child has but just a few moments to live. She's dying. Oh, I can imagine the feeling of that poor little fellow. What do you think jumped in his mind in the first place? Jesus, then. <laughs> That's right. You know, you just don't want him bad enough. There'll be a time when you really want him. I hope you find him before you die, but if not, when you're on your deathbed, you'll sure know this old-fashioned religion is the thing that carries you through them hours of darkness. You might think it's fanaticism now and the people are a little crazy at their heads, but wait till the death ain't on the door. I tell you, all that bashfulness and backwardness and coldness will be shuck away from you then, or you want it to go anyhow. That's right. Amen. Notice, I can see this little fellow as his heart begins to pound says, Doctor, you think you can do nothing for my child? No. Every remedy has failed and the girl is now, her heart's just beating just slowly and she's dying away now. Oh, I can see him go in, call his wife out and say, Dear, you know, I, I, I want to tell you something. You know those healing campaigns that's been going around here? We know our church is against it, but, you know, uh, I, I kind of feel if we could get a hold of that Jesus of Nazareth, maybe he could help her. Well, I can hear her say, Now, now look, dear, now, you don't want to ruin your social standing among the people now. If the doctor said she's going, that settles it. But that didn't settle it and drives his heart. He'd seen Jesus Christ in action. And any man that's ever seen Jesus Christ in action can never be the same again. That's right. You have to know that there's something moving. There's something different. And that didn't settle it with drives. No, sir. Still, I can see him get in and get his little clergy hat and put it on his little coat on and slip out. Somebody said, must have told him that Jesus was coming. You know, that's, that's a good message to preach yet tonight, don't you think so? I hear him say, ah, he's coming just across the way there. And I can see dry say, now I'll slip out. I hear some of his church saying, where are you going, young fella? Well, we're going over to, uh, well, uh, I just thought maybe I'd take a walk. I know what, I heard the conversation. You're going after that divine healer's coming in down there. Now remember, we are the deacon, and if you have that, the next general counselor, or whatever it is, we, we're going to kick you out. I didn't mean that, because it's a general. I didn't mean that like that. But anyhow, all right, we're going to church you the next time, whatever it might be, compliments or whatever it is. We're going to put you out if you fool with that guy. See, we have nothing to do with you. But I can see him quiver around a little while and shake his hands wonder but look he had a need it was the only hope he had was in jesus christ amen only thing that he could do was get to jesus real quick or his daughter was going to die so i can see him slip down the road in his congregation saying there he goes look at there disgrace look where our church is going to now now they're going to get mixed up in that fanaticism but this fellow, that pastor, brother, he wanted to get to God. He, he wanted to get a hold of somebody that told what he was talking about. He, all the theology and everything else he learned, he cast it aside. It wasn't nothing, man. His child was dying. Yeah. Oh, how God has a wonderful way to bring us to our senses sometime once in a while. Let us know who's boss around over the 
welfare of the Christian church. That's right. That I can see him slip down. Jesus gets up, comes out the little bush just along the shore. I can see his little boat push in. First thing you know, there's a little woman sitting up there, maybe perhaps doing her knitting or something, and she mortgaged the farm. Doctors had took all she had. And nothing could stop her, her blood issue. And she said, Oh, there he is. Now, that's that fellow that's preaching divine healing. Now, I don't care what they say about him. I believe him. And if I can only touch his garment, I'll get well. Now, there you are. Now, that was her contact. If she could only touch his garment, she would get well. Now, she knew she couldn't have a, an audience with the Lord Jesus. So I can just imagine her seeing her coming down off the hill to meet him, you know, and there he's moving up the street and the people of, of praising God for his, the glorious works that had been done in other cities and expecting to see something down there. The priest standing back off and the whole formal church members saying, Now I wish you'd look. Look what worships in them guys off the river down there. That poor bunch of backwash. Just something we don't use in our own synagogue. That's what worships in. Well, that's a good thing. He had somebody to worship him anyhow. So then I can see this little woman coming, slipping along, pale face and and her little uh, lips is so thin and her body was frail and she was slipping along. She laid her knitting down and she comes down. First thing you know, she's trying to push through and she runs into her pastor. <laughs> I said, where are you going? She said, Reverend, sir, I am, uh, if something has told me in my heart as I sat up there. Uh, if I could touch his garments, why the very audacity? <laughs> you believe such a thing as that after all the teaching you have had? But something in my heart tells me, she says, yeah. if I can only touch him, I'll be made well. What have you done for me? <laughs> What's the doctor's done for me? That's my only hope, so I'm trying to touch him. God, give that kind of faith to every person sitting here tonight. Let me touch him. No matter what other people said, let me touch him. Get to him, that's the main thing. I can see her. She moves the pastor said, If you do, I'll take your name off the church book. <laughs> if you do it. Didn't make any difference to her. Her heart was set. She wanted to get to Jesus. That's the main thing. The deacon board said, All right, we'll watch you. If you come in Sunday morning, we'll shove you out again. Didn't make any difference to her. She... Crowded through there, perhaps crawled between their legs and everything else. As she got to a place, she touched his garment. Stood back all out in the crowd like that. Said, well, that's just what I wanted to do. I can hear the Pharisees and the, or pastor and I'm saying, now there's no difference in you. You might not think there's any difference, but I know there's a difference, you see. First thing you know, that faith moving in her, the Lord Jesus turned around and said, he felt something went out of him somewhere, some strength. He said, daughter... Thy faith to save thee. <laughs> Amen. The blood issue stopped, stopped right then. Her faith had stopped. Jesus, her faith had got what she had need of. I see a little fellow coming, looking along, his face red, his eyes red also from staying up with his little girl. He comes slipping in. Now he sees all the other visiting clergymen from the same church that he belonged to. Now what am I going to do? There's Jesus, but look what's going to laugh at me. They'll all see me going to church tonight. You'll see what kind of a group I'm associating with. But my daughter's dying. i got to get to him. Here, she, here he goes down. He said, Master, Lord, 
Come lay your hand on my little girl, and she'll be made well. For it's my only child, and she's at the point of death right now. If you'll just come lay your hand up on her, she'll get well. Now, that was his faith, laying hands up on her. That's what he believed. Peter, when he was in the boat the night before, or so forth, and the water's just twisting back and forth, and, and Jesus was standing walking on water, and they were, he was scared of him. He thought he was, he was spooky or something. He thought it was a, a ghost. And the only thing that could help him, they were scared of it. That's the way it is today with the people. That's, right. That's what's the matter with America tonight. Right. The only thing that can save America from a total annihilation is to return to God with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's exactly right. That's right. And they're scared of it. That's right. God, help us to have a revival that'll shake the shells off. That's what we need tonight. Then... When Peter, he said, Lord, if it's you, just bid me come to you and I'll come walking also. Thy word is enough for me. The priests, when their feet touched the water with the ark, that's where their faith was, when their feet touched the water. And the Roman centurion that had a friend that was sick, his servant, he said, I'm not even worthy that you come under my roof. Just speak the word. For I'm a man under authority. And I say to this man, do this, and he doeth it. And to this man do that, and he doeth it. See, that Roman recognized that Jesus, his word, had all the power that was needed for the healing of that person. He knew that in him was invested the power of Jehovah God. And he knew that whatever Jesus said, that he mastered diseases, he mastered the sea, he mastered the universe. That's what he is tonight, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we can only recognize that his word has supremacy over every demon, every power, every everything, every sin, every sickness, every disease, every cripple, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Believe what he said. He said, I'm a man under authority, and I know that anybody's under me has to obey me. My word is law and order. He has to do it. And he knew that Jesus Christ had sickness under his feet. He had every disease under his feet. And how much more after he died for that purpose and purchased it for you and I ought to believe his word. Amen. There you are. What Jesus says is right. You can type over every devil, every sickness, every disease if you'll just claim your God-given authority that Jesus Christ said, whatsoever you ask in my name, that I'll do. Amen. That's what we need tonight is a group of people to rise. These people who call themselves Pentecostal to unite their hearts together as one big effort and say, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power is supreme in what He said in His Word. He'll back it up. Amen. Then you'll see a church rise in the power of the glory of God and move on. Amen. Now... Jerai said, come lay your hands on my daughter and she'll get well. Jesus said, I'll go. Here they start going on. I can see poor little Jerai's heart skipping beats once in a while. Going along saying, oh, I don't care what the church says. I've got him coming my way now. He's going over to my house. And I know if he'll ever get in my house, I don't care what the rest of them says. That's the way I feel about it too. When I was a Baptist preacher, they told me if I went up to them holy rollers that I'd be one of them. Jesus come to my house one day. Hallelujah. I didn't care what they said after that. Hey, you come to my house, that settled it as far as I was concerned. I was glad for him to get there. 
Didn't make a difference what the rest of the world said. What they say tonight, that doesn't matter to me, just as long as I know he's in my house. Amen. Everything's all right. Got peace and quietness in there now. Where there's wars and troubles, it's all soothed down now. Jesus came in. I can see Dryas moving along. Then the shock comes. That's the way the devil does it. First thing you know, here come a man running. So don't trouble the master. She's already dead. Oh, that death blow. I can see little Dryas jump and grab his heart. I see that Jesus moving along there quietly, calmly. Turned his glorious eyes and looked at him and said, Did not I say don't fear? Only believe. <laughs> Amen. That <laughs> ah, little heart was painting, began to beat up. Why? He knows that words come from Emmanuel. Yeah. Did not I say to you, don't fear? You shall see the glory of God. Kept moving on. John said, Yes. Yes, Lord, that's right. I can hear this. Come close to the house. They're all crying and screaming and going on out there, making a lot of noise. I can see the, the church members standing around saying, Uh-huh, you've disgraced yourself. Went out there and showed what you was. That's a good thing to show what you are. I like that. Yes, sir. I uh, said, Now, look, here are your daughter. She's laying in there dead. Josh just closed his ears up and just kept walking on. Jesus said, Don't fear. He didn't. He just moved right on into death. Now he's got to believe for the impossible. But he believed anyhow. No matter how impossible it was, if Jesus said it, it's true. Amen. Take him at his word. That settles it. Here they go, walking on down. One by one as he walked in, the people begin to make fun of him. He said, give praise. Or in other words, keep quiet. The woman's not dead. The girl, she isn't dead. She's sleeping. He knows more about it than anybody else. That's right. And they laughed at him. And because they made fun of him, they got put out. So don't make fun of him. You'll get cut out as sure as the world. That's right. Worship him. Believe him. Give him praise and glory. No matter what the world says, do what he said do. That's right. Believe him. Put your trust in him. That's right. Don't get cut out. Get the Holy Ghost. You're baptized into the body. Sealed to the day of your redemption. No matter what the world says, Jesus Christ, if he's got his arms around you, don't notice what anything else is taking place. Amen. I can see him walking on in. They said, oh, we know she's dead. Listen to that holy roller now. Up there, acting like that. And saying that that girl's not dead. We know she's dead. Don't you see? There's something mentally wrong with the man. No, no. The mental part was with the other group. That's what they say today. There's something mentally wrong with the church. There ain't nothing wrong with the church. <laughs> they said one time that Paul and Silas turned the world upside down. No, no. They turned it back right. It was upside down to begin with. That's what it is today. Not turn the world upside down. It's turn it back right. It's pouring towards heaven where Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of His majesty. That's right. Not turn the world upside down, but turn it right so it'll look up. That's what we need tonight in California. That's what we need tonight all over the world is a revival that will shake people from this earth-down condition to look up God to a heavenly Father who set the stars in their orbit center, who made the creation. And has given us the authority that whatever we ask in His name, that will be given. Where's our faith? My, sometimes I feel ashamed of us to try to present our little weak faith to Him. Now, I want you to notice, when they got put out because of their unbelief and laughing, Jesus stood alone with a heart broken. The father and mother, Peter, James, and John, there He was on the outside. I can hear Him saying, just wait till that dry comes out. We'll church Him. 
We'll throw this family out, the priest was. We'll have nothing else to do with them uh, entertaining such a group as that. Why, they've done nothing but brought disgrace and turned the world upside down. Listen to that, all that ringing out there. But in that Lord Jesus Christ, He was possessed with a power that went beyond these earthbound limitations. Yes, sir. He walked over to that cold, still form of a dead girl. Oh, hallelujah. Took her by the hand. Looked all around. Where's everybody? They're outside making fun, criticizing and everything. He is possessed with the power he could speak into another world. He spoke in tongues and said, Tabitha, that is, so return back here to this girl. Hallelujah. He gave that same power to his church. <laughs> Amen. When you're forsaken and downcast, God give us a language to speak out into another world. When Jesus was forsaken on the cross and all men forsaken him, he died speaking in another language. My God, why has thou forsaken me? And the church tonight possessed with that kind of power. Hallelujah. That dead girl that had been laying there dead in a bomb laying out on a couch of flowers raising her all around her. That mortal soul outdone her. It knew its master. And that soul returned back into this body and a girl that had been laying there dead and embalmed and laying out on a couch rose to her feet again. Hallelujah! I can imagine Drive's testimony around the country then, couldn't you? The same thing tonight. Those who once come in contact with Jesus Christ and know the power of His resurrection, know the power of His healing, you don't care what the world says, what anybody else says. If you've ever contacted Jesus Christ, you know He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the world and what the people says doesn't amount to that. Amen. The Holy Spirit's in this building now. As I'm standing here trying to hold in on Him for that healing service coming on, the whole building seems to be coming milky to me. I'm not a fanatic. I don't even believe in fanaticism, but I do know what I see. I know what I'm talking about. That is right. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is moving into this building right now. There is power of the Holy Spirit here to make every person well right now at this platform. I believe that there's not, if you only do, surely God has proven to you in the last couple of nights in these services and things that I'm speaking to you the truth. I say to you, if I ever told the truth in my life, I tell it now before God that Jesus Christ healed every one of you 1,900 years ago. The only thing you have to do is to accept it just now upon the basis of His atoning blood. He was wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement of our people with His stripes. We are healed now. Every person in here. And the only thing that preaching the gospel or anything else does only manifest the power of the living God to prove that He's here. While I have been standing here speaking, thanking of God, blessing Him, I know that He is in this building now, the same God that was in the house with your eyes, with a dead daughter that raised her up, the same one was with Peter out on the sea that night when he said, Come walking on the water. The same one that the woman touched the hem of his garment. Hands in your midst tonight. That's right. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, Wherever two or three are gathered, I'll be in their midst. He's here. Every person in here, I tell you by the authority of God's Word in the name of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who I'll stand before the day of judgment, that His power is sufficient right now. I just see something moving. I don't know what's taking place out on the audience. 
I just don't know what to say. I am stumped for words. I know that He is sure now. That is right. I see the Holy Spirit moving in this audience. I don't... Hey, He ain't going to let me call any prayer line. I see it right now hanging over a colored woman sitting here suffering with a, a tumor. Sitting right there with a little white hat on. She's got a tumor. That tumor's in the stomach, isn't it, lady? Stand up on your feet. It's gone from you now. You're healed. You can go home. Amen. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who in His infant power and mercy... Yes, I see my hand over a lady right here, sitting looking at me around the end of the road there. She's suffering with kidney stones. All right, lady, stand up. Jesus Christ heals you. Go home now. Your faith has made you whole. There's a lady sitting right behind her, about two rows back and two in, sitting in there with a cancer. Lady, do you want to be healed? Jesus Christ makes you whole. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah! What do you think about it, lady? I felt you a few moments ago. You're suffering with a tumor, aren't you? Stand on your feet a minute. You believe me to be His servant. You believe that I've preached the truth. You believe that Jesus Christ is here the same yesterday and forever. You've got a tumor. And that tumor's in the head, isn't it? Lay your hand on top of your head and say, Lord God, I now rebuke the enemy. Lay your hand up on top of your own head. Oh, Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, who you represent now, that you condemn that devil and take it from the woman. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God bless you, my sister. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Just a moment. Here comes something moving across the building. You think I'm crazy. I am not. This is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the same Lord Jesus who stood and looked in the audience and seen what they were doing. He perceived their thoughts, seen what they were doing, and so forth. It's the same Lord Jesus that's here right now. I've never seen it like on this manner, but it is. Yeah, I see it moving again. It's a woman. She's, uh, she's uh, suffering with weakness. She's sitting right back here. She's looking at me just now. She's come. She's a missionary. Stand up on your feet right back there, lady. A missionary. You've come over water somewhere. I see waters. You've come from Africa, didn't you? That's right. You're, somewhere. You're healed. Go home. God has made you well. 